0: It happens so fast. In a moment, there can be a suspicion. Then the suspicion becomes a fact. And because of this fact, a commonplace situation becomes shrouded with sinister and frightening implications. Such a moment occurs in this Theater Five production of The Blue-Eyed People.
1: this uh, cup of coffee
2: needs company okay
3: sit down doctor at the moment you look more like a patient
2: well it's one of those mornings complicated by a couple of interns who needed straightening out
3: no Simon McGree or fagin syndrome
2: not even latent
3: <laughs> doctor
2: uh, all symptoms indicate I am a
3: psychopathic coward
2: now perhaps some treatment from our very pretty staff psychiatrist is called for uh, what kind of treatment well that has all the earmarks uh, of a leading question I so uh Liz, are those the latest additions? No, I think so. Anything new on the Brewster child? Uh,
3: let's see. Hmm? Still on the front page. No trace of Senator and Mrs. Brewster's missing baby. National search continues.
2: Ditto in this one. Brewster child now missing for four days. Hope dwindles.
3: The kidnapping is dirty enough, but a 10-month-old baby?
2: I wonder what its chances are. Of survival? Well, that's always the question with kidnapping. Do they really intend to return the victim?
3: Something you learned from that police lieutenant you buddy around with?
2: Doctor, you're probing.
3: Suppose I do enjoy
2: vicarious thrills through Arthur Keith. Save me the price of paperback mysteries. Doctor
4: Hayes. Calling Doctor
2: Hayes. <clears throat> I knew everything was too peaceful. This is Doctor Hay. Oh, I, I see. up the child immediately. Uh, If it's there, I want some x-rays fast. Be right down. Crisis? Speaking of children, a baby just came into emergency. Mother thinks it swallowed a safety pin.
3: I hope she's wrong.
2: So do I. Any operation is tough. But a 10-month-old child...
4: Jack, we shouldn't have come here. This is no place for us.
1: If that pin's in a baby's stomach, it's the only place.
4: But all these people. Doctors. I'm scared. If I'd just been more careful. Ah,
1: come on, Sue. It ain't like you
2: fed it to the kid. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lunny? Yeah, that's right. I'm Dr. Hayes. Your baby did swallow a pin. Oh, my Lord. How easy, Sue. Fortunately, we have a series of good x-rays. I'll have to operate, of course. I've given the necessary instructions and we'll be able to start in about 10 minutes.
4: You're not going to operate on my baby.
2: Sue.
4: He's less than a year old. Oh,
2: Mrs. Lunny, I don't mean to frighten you, but it's imperative that I operate as soon as possible.
4: Not without our permission, you won't. And you're not getting it. Uh,
2: Dr. Valma, would you assist me for a moment?
3: Uh, certainly, Dr. Heck.
2: Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lunny, this is Dr. Elizabeth Valma, our staff psychiatrist.
1: Well, I don't figure you're going to psychoanalyze that pin out of the kid's stomach. Well, frankly, I was hoping that Dr.
2: Vollmer, being a woman, would reason with your wife more effectively than I seem to be able to. Mrs. Lunny doesn't want her baby to undergo surgery.
3: I see. Oh, why don't you all step into my office? What is the preoperative diagnosis?
2: Vertical. The safety pin is lodged against the stomach wall. It's open. have got to get it out,
1: and you've got to help me.
3: Please step in, Mr. and Mrs. Lennon. You're trying to trick me into doing something I don't want to do.
1: Come on, now, Blue Eyes. You're fussing an awful lot. Now, calm down.
2: See if you can talk to the woman. I'm I'm going to check on the O.R.
3: You can't go ahead without a surgical consent. I'm counting on you to get it for me.
4: I tell you, I want to get out of here with my baby. Now.
1: Now, you're talking silly. Nothing terrible's happened.
4: I've got a premonition like... Let's leave while we're still ahead.
1: Mrs. Lonnie, I know you've been through a very bad shock, but
3: well, what you're experiencing now is what we call hysteria. Don't
4: give me none of that fancy
3: talk, doctor. I'm not going to let them operate on my baby. I'll tell you... No, what I let me tell you. We can't foretell the future, but I can give you a trained medical opinion. Your baby may die if he isn't operated on immediately.
1: Your point's made. Now tell that Sawbones he can go ahead. Jack! Now, Sue, you've just gone haywire. Now, you ain't thinking straight and... I
4: don't want my boy to die. Look, he's my
1: boy, too. I got just as much to lose as you do. I'm ready to scrub
2: up.
3: Go ahead. The father has given surgical consent. Oh,
2: good. Would uh, you come and sign the necessary papers, Mr. Lunny? I'm with you.
3: Mrs. Lunny, I'd like to give you a sedative and put you to bed for a while. Sedative? Something to help you relax. You've been under a very severe strain. (sighs) Think I'm going to crack up, doctor? Cause a scene? I'm not worried about a scene. Just a condition.
4: So you want to feed me some truth serum so I'll talk all over the place?
3: You're feeding him sodium bulb? We don't use that as a tranquilizer. All that stuff's the same. And I'm not taking any of it. As you wish. But try and relax. Tommy has a very good chance. You can't keep your eye on a child every moment. It's not a crime. What made you say that? A crime... I just meant you shouldn't blame yourself. Tommy is now in the hands of a very capable surgeon. I'm sure everything will turn out all right.
4: I hope so, doctor.
2: It wasn't easy. But after I assured them the operation was successful, and the child's post-operative period would be fairly short, I finally talked them into going home.
3: You know, Bill, I think I may have a patient in this case. And the mother? There's something strange there. Well,
2: she was irrational, no doubt about it. However, as a child in danger, it's understandable.
3: I'm not throwing feminine intuition at you, but I've got a strange feeling. Some of the things she said. Let me look at that file, will you? Mm-hmm. 427 Rowaton Avenue. You know where it is? Yeah. You wouldn't feel a little adventurous this evening, would you? The Lunnies? Yes. You could reassure her about the child's condition. I feel that woman is in trouble. All
2: right, Sherlock. I'll play Watson.
3: Dr. Valma. Oh. Uh, and, uh, Dr. Dr. Evening, Mrs. Uh, uh, Dr. Hay and I were taking a drive and realized we were in your neighborhood.
2: We thought we might drop in for a moment. I hope we didn't come at a bad time.
3: Oh, no. No. Uh, come on in.
4: Jack just ducked out the cigarette. He'll be real glad
3: to see you. And maybe you could stay for some coffee. Well, that would be nice. Sit yourselves down, won't you? <clears throat>
2: Uh, what does uh, Mr. Lonnie do, Mrs. Oh,
4: uh, call me Sue, Doctor. Well, Jack's in high steel construction work. Yeah, the tall stuff. Jack, he's not afraid of nothing at all. He's big enough, so he don't have to be.
2: <laughs> he's no lightweight.
4: Hope Tommy takes after him.
2: Uh, your son's bone structure may be a little small for that. However, at his age, it's hard to tell. Uh,
4: looky here. I don't know what's keeping Jack, but. How about I hustle out to the kitchen and get some coffee going? Oh, there,
2: hurry. Ah, oh, coffee—that hit the spot with me.
4: Doctor, you practically got it. You folks just uh, rest easy. You want anything? You just yell.
3: Oh, thanks. I wanted to draw her out. Why did you? What are you doing?
2: This is paper. Dear, dear, this, this is the afternoon edition. I spotted it on the sideboard. Well. Well, look. They ran a picture of the missing Brewster baby. Liz, this picture looks an awful lot like the child I operated on today. Oh. That Tommy is really the kidnapped Brewster child.
3: do well, we do.
2: I know what I'd like to do. Leave. In fact, it's already been commented on that Jack is a very large and strong man.
3: And fearless.
2: I can't say the same for myself.
3: Forti's Fortuna Juvat. Meaning? Fortune favors the brave.
2: All right. Sometimes you have to gamble. On what? a very red face, if I am wrong. And an irate friend at police headquarters. Keep an eye on the kitchen door, Liz. Lieutenant Keith, please. It, it's urgent.
1: Hello, baby. Hey, honey, I got... Well, doggone. It's the two doctors from the hospital. Well, oh, hello,
3: Mr. Lunny. Uh, Dr. Hay and I just dropped in to reassure the anxious mother.
1: I am uh, checking with the hospital right
2: now. Lieutenant Keith here. No rest for the medical profession, you know.
1: Yeah, I reckon not. Hello. Anyone on his line? Uh, this is Dr. Hay, uh,
2: orderly. Have there been any calls for me? Oh,
1: hello, Bill. What's this orderly bit?
2: Fine. I'm at uh, 427 Roweton Avenue, Morris 46981. Case I'm
1: needed. Hey, Bill, this is headquarters, not the hospital. Have you got your wires crossed?
2: Definitely not. Uh, uh, did you make a note of that address? Well, it's possible. Uh, Dr. Vollmer's with me.
4: Here's the coffee, folks. Oh, hi, Jack. We got visitors.
2: So I see. Bill. Bill. Can't
0: talk, huh? Want me to
1: come
2: over? Excellent.
1: I'm on my way.
2: Uh, Forgive me for acting like I live here, but it's part of the
1: routine.
4: Uh, wasn't it uh, nice of them to drop in friendly like Jack?
1: Yes, yeah, sure was. Uh, you didn't have any ideas, did you? Uh,
4: ideas? Here's your cup of coffee, Doctor.
1: Thanks. I mean,
2: uh, Tommy's all right. Uh, Tommy? Oh, yes. He's coming along fine.
4: Oh, thank goodness. Oh, that's just wonderful. Now, you just both sit back and relax. You don't have to run right away, do you?
3: Well, we...
2: No, no, we've got plenty of time. Nice to take it easy for a while. Isn't it, Dr. Valmer?
3: Oh, certainly. Nothing like a few quiet minutes away from the hospital.
2: Well, one thing that's always puzzled me, Jack, about construction work, is I've often wondered why the...
3: Well, it
4: looks like visitor's day for us. Now, who do you figure that It's
1: Is Dr. Hayes... Oh, hello,
4: Bill. Oh, uh, this here friend of yours,
2: Doc? A very welcome one. Mr. and Mrs. Lunny, meet Lieutenant Arthur Keith. Hi. You a cop, fellow? That's right.
4: I don't understand this.
2: Well, neither do I at the moment. I removed a pin from the Lunny child today, Arthur. Age given was 10 months. No. So? Uh, this picture of the Brewster child in the afternoon paper, it bears a striking resemblance to Tommy Lunny. I uh, say, before you get any ideas, Lieutenant,
1: how long ago was this here kidnapping? four days? Well, I don't want to disappoint you, but we've been here for two weeks, and Tommy's been right with us. And you can prove it?
4: Don't take our word. Check with the landlord.
1: Sure, sure. Right away. Well, wait a minute, Arthur. We'll go uh, along with you. Oh, all right. You two just tag along. And you, Mr. and Mrs. Lunny, just stay put. It's probably just a formality, but if you should get the idea of leaving, I'd have you in custody inside an hour. No strain, Lieutenant. We got nothing to run about
4: you and your bright ideas. Take the kid to the hospital, you say. Make sure it lives, you say. We took a stupid, crazy chance. We'd
1: have to take a worse chance if that kid had died. Now, you, Simadonna, get this. My mammy didn't raise me to die young. Now, as long as the kid lives, the worst we can get is 30 years. But if they caught us and that kid was dead, curtains for sure. If they caught us,
4: what do you think happens now with that police lieutenant sniffing around there? Nothing. Head?
1: Now, we sit tight, and let them make fools of themselves. We got nothing to worry about. All right, folks, the party is over.
4: What's the verdict, Lieutenant?
1: Apologies are in order. The landlord and several of the tenants here confirm your arrival time and the presence of the baby.
4: (laughs)
3: Doctor, I guess you just better stick to medicine.
1: (laughs) What blue eyes means is... You're not much of a Perry Mason.
3: Uh, Dr. Hay and I got a little carried away. I'm awfully sorry. All right, Bill, say your little piece, too.
1: When
2: did you have your child, Sue? Oh, come on, Doc, give up, will you?
3: Ten months ago, just
4: like we told you.
1: Then you didn't adopt, Tommy. (laughs) Oh,
4: of course
1: not. Look, Bill, I've got to get back to headquarters. Now, let's try and leave gracefully, shall we? Not yet.
2: Uh, Jack uh, just referred to his wife as Blue-Eyed. Of course I did. It's a pet name I have for her. And you're Blue-Eyed, too. Always have been.
1: What are you getting at?
2: The baby I operated on today had brown eyes. Now, that's
1: very interesting. What are you doing, making a survey? I get it. Tommy can't be their child. What? Hey, Lieutenant, uh, maybe you'd better take the doc here into custody. <laughs> Sounds a little unhinged to me.
2: No two Blue-Eyed parents can have a Brown-Eyed child. That's the Mendelian law. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me have
1: that again.
3: It's the law of genetics established by Gregor Mendel. Look, I've had enough
4: of this jaw wagon. How about you folks leader this
1: Mendelian law, will it stand up in court, Bill? Like a rock. No chance of some smart lawyer exploding it.
3: Lieutenant, it's as foolproof as fingerprints.
1: Okay. That's good enough for me. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold
4: it, Jack. You try and arrest us. You're going to make a fool of yourself.
1: I'll risk it. I'm taking you both in on suspicion.
4: Oh, you are? And how do you figure to prove that Tommy ate our baby? By quoting some fancy
1: law? The first thing I'll do is have you examine, Mrs. Lunny, just to see if you really had a child ten months ago. And I'll check on the child's birth certificate and the doctor who gave delivery and your whereabouts at the time of the kidnapping. You know, it takes the machinery of the law a little while to get going, but it is very thorough. They got it, Sue.
4: Shut up. They are just talking. No, they
1: ain't. Once they got a real suspicion, once they start to check, we're up the creek. Just a couple of small timers, honey. We tried to pull off a big score and blew it. All right, Lonnie. How'd you do it? Well, Sue's sister Kay had a kid 10 months ago. About the same time the Brewster kid was born. I see. Then we got the idea.
4: Will you stop shooting off your mouth?
1: It's all over, Sue. Go on, Lonnie, go on. It'll help you in court if you come clean. We came up here two weeks ago. We brought Kay's kid with us. We told her and her husband that we'd take care of the baby for a while so they could have a couple of weeks' vacation. Well, we made sure everybody knew we had the kid. Uh Uh-huh. Then we drove down south five days ago and returned the baby to Sue's sister. As soon as I got back, we snatched the Brewster's child... He had a built-in alibi. I figured it was foolproof. Yeah. Okay. We'll get that on paper and signed down at headquarters. Just one thing I wish right now. Don't look at me. No, I'm not bugged at you, Doc. It's that Joker Mendel. He really fixed it. Oh, I'd like to have him alone for about five
2: minutes. (laughs) I'm afraid you can't. Gregor Mendel, who founded Genetics, has been dead for over 300 years.
4: Well, thank you, doctor. You've been a great help. (laughs)
0: Five has presented The Blue-Eyed People, written by Frank Thomas and directed by Ted Bell. In the cast, Francis Spanier, Marco Daniels, Stan Watts, June Graham, and Owen Jordan. Audio engineer, Marty Folia. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Blostoksenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Arthur. Producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York.
1: Theater 5 continues following weekend.